Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from 7sistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Sabrina, here today with Vicki, and we're going to talk about stuff that matters to homeschool high schoolers. Yeah, in my office. Yes. With a chair draped with... (laughs) Blankets. We have such high-tech studio yeah. facilities. Because <laughs> we were usually at your house right. with your banana box. Yes, the banana box stuffed with pillows. Yeah. 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 So welcome, Seven Sisters. <laughs> yeah. See, because we're making do with what we have available. We are just like you, only, only older. older. Yeah. Because motherhood is the necessity of invention. Yes, I love that. Say that again. Listen listen closely, friends. This is so good. You're going to want to use this, but you have to give Vicki credit. Okay, go ahead. Motherhood is the necessity of invention. Oh, <laughs> that's going to make your whole day if you just keep thinking about that. <laughs> oh, my. Now, see, thinking about that, thinking about those words for the rest of the day, that's a great segue into what this episode <laughs> is going to be all about, because we're going to talk about literature And we're going to talk about literature study guides in particular. Yeah, like why would you need a study guide? Because kids can read books. Absolutely. And And certainly teenagers can read books. My, my. Yeah. And why bore them to tears with a bunch of useless questions? Right. It's a good question. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're we're going to dig into this a little bit because sometimes you do need to just think on a string of words for a while before it really grabs you, like this whole thing that you're going to think about the rest of the afternoon. Um, And our teens need some coaching and some practice in how to think about words that are not super obvious, Mm -hmm. that are not just, um, let's see, what happened next? Basic comprehension stuff. Yeah. Because they've been doing that since the fourth grade, you know? Right. Right. So, yeah. And some teens, you know, everybody's different. And some teens are so literal mm-hmm. that they really still wrestle with the basic comprehension. But the majority of teens by high school are ready to start developing some good thinking skills. Right. And that's kind of what literature guides, good ones, are about. Yeah. So we're going to talk um, a lot about the guides that are available from SevenSistersHomeschool.com because... Those are the guides that we created to meet what we've perceived as the need in teens who are reading good books. And they've vetted us, and they let us know what they like and don't like. And so we kind of have some preference here. Yes, we do. (laughs) We do. We also get a lot of questions from our seventh sisters, um, in particular from some of you homeschool moms who don't love books and geek out on novels because you know what you can actually successfully homeschool your children without being a bookworm it can be done maybe you should say that one again oh maybe i should (laughs) you can be successful as a homeschool parent even if you are not a bookworm you're not even a failure just because you don't love books yep so in particular if you are one of those moms who doesn't just love books Um, You may find today's episode really helpful because we're going to get really practical. Yeah. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about levels of reading comprehension. Because even in Seven Sisters um, Literature Study Guides, we have some that are geared more toward comprehension Mm -hmm. and less toward analysis. Mm -hmm. Because they are tied to book titles that are 
geared more toward younger, less experienced readers. Mm-hmm. So we have we have a few elementary guides. We have elementary activity guides that are for readers just starting. They just are so cute. It's like hands-on learning. Yep. It's easy hands-on learning. Yes. It's and fun. 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 It, they're fun. Yeah. yeah. So elementary guides for the ones who are just starting out to read. And then just a few um, older elementary novel guides mm-hmm. that that just start the process of tracking the comprehension um, through the yeah. story. And kids at that age, they are neurally developed only for concrete. They're not going to do well with um, metaphor and symbolism or inferential skills. They, they don't have the neural development. So there's very much comprehension, like what happened next and do you understand what's going on? So then we get to books that could be read by middle schoolers or high schoolers in particular early high schoolers. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them are hard to keep up with because there are a lot of characters or there are a lot of locations. I'm, th- I'm just going to throw some specific titles out. We have a few guides that are high school guides, but that are a little bit less analysis and a little bit more just sort of tools to help you track the story. So mm-hmm. um, Born Again by Chuck Colson is a big book yeah, with a ton of people, a ton of events, and a timeline that gets a little confusing, mm-hmm. even when you're really trying. So just to track the story, there's so much in Colson's book that will challenge and will, will spark um, young readers to think about ideas that they've never thought of before yeah. mm-hmm. without necessarily drawing that out. It's a type of book that they've probably never read before. Yeah. But the guide that I created to go along with it is to help them keep all of the players and all of the major pieces of the story in place because if they get confused and overwhelmed, their brain will be too busy trying to figure out, wait, who is this? Yeah. Who, are yeah. we in prison or are we not in prison? I'm confused, you yeah. know? Yeah. And um, so you, you, you can't, you can't make sense of the deeper stuff when you're confused by that. And that's, that's actually a practical skill for this day and time because politics is such a hot topic mm. and to read a political biography from a, an earlier era and learn how to just track people, mm, mm-hmm. you know, just keep things on a timeline, I think might help kids be able to track the current political world. As things unfold yeah, in the story. And, and maybe a little more detached than right. uh, caught up in all the... Social media mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the emotion, yeah. So there, there may be some side benefits to just kind of chronologically and keep track of characters gaining those skills from that, that very important book. That's a good thought. I had mm-hmm. actually never thought of that. Me and either until you started talking about it. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's Born Again by Chuck Colson. It, it, everybody should read that book. Oh, tremendous book. I think that it is part of the Classical Conversations program. Is it? Um, it's funny because we see this huge spike in orders for that literature study guide in January of every year. Uh-huh. And I think it falls on that timeline in the syllabus for uh-huh. something. It, it's, and, yeah. and that's why they're ordering yeah. it. They're having their great discussion time, uh-huh. but they're having a little trouble tracking the story the when they're yeah. reading at home. So. Well, and it's, it, yeah, so it's uh, nice to have a study guide to kind of support Right. So that you're not getting lost in the, the details of the book. So then we have a couple titles in our Great Christian Writer series. We have The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom, and mm-hmm. we have God's Smuggler by Brother Andrew. And they, um, 
they both, it's so important to, again, track where are we in the unfolding of this amazing true plot. Yes. That, you know, that both outstanding books that all kids should read. Just tremendous. Just tremendous. But again, um, foreign names mm-hmm. that are hard to keep track of mm-hmm. and the timeline can get a little bit confusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in each of those guides, there are some comprehension things that are pointing toward the chronology of the story and the major players. But then from that, toward the end of the guide, we have now think about it, sum it up, process mm-hmm. the themes that you saw going mm-hmm. on. So those, you're not you're not focusing on a particular literary device or anything in the in the early reading of the book. Mm-hmm. And it's as you finish it that then mm-hmm. we, um, we ask you to think about it more deeply. Mm-hmm. Now, then you get to titles like the Narnia Guides. And those yeah. are ones that you wrote. And these are books that we think of as, well, you could read those a lot, a lot younger than high school. I mean, they really are written for elementary age. So what are our guides doing with these titles for teenagers? (laughs) So C.S. Lewis said that that if a book is only good, if a children's book is only good for children, then it's really not a good book at all. And that adults should be able to read a child's book and get even more out of it than the children do. So good. And Narnia is one of those series where no matter how many times you read it, God's got something else in there mm-hmm. for you. And so for teenagers reading at a, a young adult kind of level is they can go into some deeper philosophic and um, theological concepts and character development that young children, it would be way over their heads. Right. But the, the book is totally embedded with symbolism. Every single character and plot twist and all is symbolic like um the silver chair Mm -hmm. is is really really based on plato's story of the cave right and um and if you don't know what we're talking about then oh you should reread the silver chair and use vicky's guide along with it because once you understand Plato's allegory of the cave and yeah. why Lewis wrote the silver chair coming out of that, it will blow your mind. Yeah. So it's a whole book about the nature of reality and the nature of character and believing when there's no hope to believe. And so all of Lewis's Narnia books are deeply, deeply embedded in symbolism. So a good study guide takes a, a high schooler which I think our study guides are going to be personally, um, <laughs> takes the, the teens through looking at the philosophic and the, the historical and the literature and the theological concepts. So you have these little short books and lots of, of um, guided questions mm-hmm. and background information and all to help that book turn into excellent high school level reading. And one of the most fun things when I have used those guides with students in our local community that I've been teaching is the the ones who have read the Narnia books before, they think this is going to be like kind of an eye roll. Oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just rereading, whatever, you know. And um, we'll, we'll have worked through the questions going along with, with a certain section. And then they will walk into their to their book discussion time and they'll go, my my mind was blown. <laughs> I I never would have thought about that, and it makes perfect sense. And their whole like their whole yeah. universe has just expanded. Yeah, <laughs> like that, I, last time I remember teaching with the group classes and uh, the, teaching the kids C.S. Lewis's concept of Zainzut. 
Yes. Which is that longing for heaven and, and God's work and presence in your life. And the, the pictures in the stories, like the Voyage of the Dawn Treader is so, so mm. full of Zanzut moments. And if you don't know Zanzut... Then how you know, can you appreciate yeah. those moments? But those but kids had so much fun just saying yeah. the word Zanzut. So. <laughs> it's a really fun word. Yeah. You should try to say it. <laughs> so then we have... Um, a whole lot of the guides that I've written where I chose one or two literary devices mm-hmm. that are just used with such excellence through the course of that book. And so um, right from the beginning of the guide, we'll say, for the purposes of this reading of the book, we're going to focus on mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. We're going to focus on foreshadowing, what whatever. Um, and just tell them, no, this is not the only thing that's done well mm-hmm. in this book. This is a great work of literature. There's tons of wonderful things there. Mm-hmm. But you're going to get overwhelmed if you try to f- track every single wonderful piece of writing. And it would kill the book. It would totally kill the book. So instead, let's just say you can read this book as many times over the course of your life as you want. Mm-hmm. But for this reading, let's just read it with our eyes focused on this foreshadowing. And we're going to notice because, wow, it's used so well in this book. And we're going to just shine a little spotlight on it every time there's another wonderful moment where, oh, 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 do you see what he's doing? Do you see what he's doing there? You know? And that way, you just know where to have your radar focused. Mm -hmm. And that way, you're not having to stay super concentrated at every single paragraph to make sure that you're not missing anything. And you're not stopping every page to answer another three questions. It's not like you're, you're, you're tearing the book to pieces, you know, like the uh, annotated notations and stuff that, that kids have to do. And some like they hate the books. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, they, they're, they're actually a theme or two coming alive and they can carry that excitement then to the next books they read. Right. Right. And what's neat is after kids have used our guides for a while, you will then notice them saying, I remember that this, but this book Mm. reminds me of that other one we did where we looked at, um, at character arc, Mm. you know, and this guy didn't talk about character arc, but I found myself like wanting to draw the the picture again, Uh like we did in the such and such. Mm -hmm. So they'll start to find those devices Mm -hmm. for themselves over time. But if you throw all of them at them at once, it kills the book. Yeah. And it kills the experience. And there's plenty of time in college and beyond to really dissect a piece Mm -hmm. of literature. And there's a lot of value in that, but not for most 15-year-olds. Right. It's It's a little too soon. If we could help them love literature... That's that's so much better. Yeah, yeah. So we we really recommend using literature guides every single year, mm-hmm. but not for every single book. So Say that one again. Yeah, yeah, we recommend using literature guides every single year mm-hmm. in high school, but not for every single book. Yeah. Let's talk about balance a little yeah. bit. Why? How many? Why? When? Yeah, and that that varies kid to kid, of course. So we've always used a rule of thumb that at least one study guide a month and that each kid has different abilities and needs. And each of the guides has a a guideline. So if you want to work with a kid who's struggling, this is how you do it. Or if kids are looking for honors level or college prep, these are ways you can handle that. So a kid also who is like college prep, needs something very competitive, will read lots of books. And they might do... 10, 15 study guides over the year. Mm-hmm. A kid who's an average kid, one a month will do. Yeah. 
we often get questions from um, customers who are using our study guides for the first time, and they say, how many weeks should each study guide take? Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's not a question I can answer with a number because yeah. it depends on how long the book is. Yeah. Uh, tremendously different working through a, a book of 125 pages versus, you Les know, Mis. yeah, <laughs> even the abridged version of mm-hmm. Les Mis. So, um, so use, use common sense mm-hmm. when you come at literature with your kids. It is less important to have um, a uniform number in your mind of, okay, mm-hmm. so each book on our book list is going to take two weeks. That's not helpful, really, mm-hmm, to anybody. Mm-hmm. You should look at the book and you should think about how mm-hmm. much wiggle there should be in there. How much flexibility can, mm-hmm. can you b- give? Mm-hmm. Because if the book is going well and your kid is practicing thinking skills and inferential reading skills and they're articulating things in new ways and they're learning a lot and you're tapping your foot and looking at your watch and saying, you've got to hurry up and finish this. We have to move on to the next book. That's not, that's not good yeah. for anybody. So it's, it's really okay to even get near the end of the year and say, I think we're going to finish out this year with eight books mm-hmm. that we did with guides rather than with nine because a couple of them we just really dug into and it took a while. Do you mean there's not one right way to homeschool? There is not one right way to homeschool. <laughs> and it's really okay to trust yourself mm-hmm. and your skills of observation and evaluation as you look at your own homeschool and see how it's going. Now, that being said, if you have a kid who doesn't really like to read mm-hmm. and who reads very slowly and who will find other things to do when they're supposed to be reading... Yeah. Then you also need some firm accountability in place and you don't want to get way behind on that book list because mm-hmm. if you get to April and you're on a traditional academic year, you cannot oh just goodness. cram a whole bunch of books <laughs> in. So, you know, be wise, but you know, yeah. you know your kid, you know your homeschool. Mm-hmm. Trust mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's kind of, that's kind of just a real practical, what are our literature guides? Mm -hmm. Why did we design them this way? And how are you actually supposed to use them? And we would really love to hear specific questions that you have beyond what we've addressed. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because we designed them. So it it makes sense to us how to apply them in your homeschool, but we're not you. And Mm -hmm. if you're using one of our guides and saying, wait, this doesn't actually make sense Mm -hmm. to me. We really, really value hearing from you because it yeah. helps us help other Seventh Sisters as right. well as you. Yeah, because we're all in this together. Yep. We learn from your experience just as much as we're hoping that you learn from our experience. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode and we're going to invite you to join us in the future. Um, if you need more help with diving into the um, application of literature analysis in general in your homeschool high school, go to the Seven Sisters Homeschool Facebook page and check out the videos. There are several Facebook Live videos that we have, um, the recordings there, that that dig in very deeply to some, some group discussion techniques, some um, extending your writing out of your literary analysis, a lot more application stuff yeah, there. Today's yeah. episode was kind of the basics. Mm-hmm. Um, so make use of those. Those videos are there. They are free. And um, we really want them to be a blessing to you. And we hope that you will also be blessed by future episodes of the Homeschool High School podcast from <laughs> SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. <laughs>